illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while friendly in Scots to the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach. Billy. What's up? Um, not much. How's the back? Uh, better, better. Good. I, uh, for, for those who, who didn't know, probably most of you, I, 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 I did something to my back loading the truck up at, uh, five o'clock in the morning at Billy's putting the coolers in. And, uh, it wasn't like I was bent over like Ozzy Osbourne in the concert we saw him at, you know, several decades ago. Yeah. But, uh, but I was getting those zings every, every time I, I bent over. Yeah. And uh, it took you to your knee a couple times. Oh, it did. It hurt like hell. <laughs> Just let me go. Let me go. I'll be yeah. okay. But uh, no, I slept on it. Was still tight yesterday, and it's loosened up quite a bit today. I think hopefully by tomorrow I'll be be back to normal. That's so, good. Yeah, That's good. you got to be careful. Got to practice cooler safety. Yeah. So got to stretch. Got to stretch and and we, lift we, with we, your we, legs. We really should have had some kind of yoga program before we started every morning. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. It's too so, early for yoga. Yeah, what, one of my customers I sell trucks to, they actually have uh, uh, exercises that they do every morning with all their employees before they go out there, yeah. a, a, a landscape contractor. When and I, so they all, they all, one person leads them and they go through a series of exercises. When I worked 15 years ago, whatever it was, for that Christmas season at the Target Distribution Warehouse. Yeah. Yeah, we had, we had exercises we had to do before every shift. Wow. Well, pro- probably solves up. a lot of problems. Yeah, probably actually solves a lot. They probably had studies done and said, well, if they do that, they're going to have less pulled muscles. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. Normally, I, I pull other muscles, but yeah. Anyway. The purpose of illegal participation is for us to talk beaver sports, tailgating, and anything else we find interesting and funny every week. 
I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, most other podcatchers. You can get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on X, or HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. You know, we have done quite the job building up the brand. You know, too bad we haven't been able to monetize it. Yeah. Well, guess what, Beach? What? You got your wish. Did we get a lot of emails? You got an email. Who, who gave me an email? Please tell me it was a cute little redhead with straight teeth and a nice butt. You got an email from listener Doug. Oh, okay. what did Doug have to say? Well, I Doug... don't think I don't think Doug is a cute little redhead with nice teeth and a cute butt. Well, he might have nice teeth and cute butt, but not in the way I'm looking for. <laughs> I told Doug when I saw him at the tailgater not to talk to you about what he sent the email about. So that way we can oh, read okay. it online. It says, so you've, been, you, so you've been holding this secret from me for days. Yep. It said, okay. Doug says, just, just watched the OSU men's soccer victory over Seattle. And I deliver breaking news. The NCAA apparently listens to illegal participation from now until the end of the season. There will be no more ties in soccer. OSU, really? OSU was tied at the end of regulation, but won in overtime. On, was, was that how they do it in playoffs, though, anyway? On to face Portland. <laughs> At Portland, but no tie will occur, Doug. Okay, don't, all right. Don't, don't I'm get into my minutia of things, Beach. Okay, I'm glad I have influence over this stuff. Take take the win. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yep. No no more ties from here on out. And guess what, Beach? What? We got another email. Two in the same week? And this one's from listener Daniel. Oh, dang. I'm getting a little bit of a chub right now. What do we got? And it's entitled Email for Beach. Wow. I'm really bringing it in. (laughs) What did Dano have to say? Great seeing Dano on Saturday. It was. So Dano says, gents, for as heartbreaking as the game was and for as miserable as the elements were for this thin-skinned Texan to deal with, the tailgater was inversely as epic. Thank you again for the hospitality. It was phenomenal catching up with the old Woodstocks crew. The food and drink were excellent, and much fun was had by all. Beach, here's at least one email for you this week, and I'll leave you with the words I heard from a wise man this weekend, pick included. Quote, cheers, and fuck the goddamn ducks. <laughs> Dano. And the pick is of me and Dano. Nice. So, yep. That, that's how I cheers. So. So there, there you go, Beach. You got a couple emails. I, I feel good. Of our 11 listeners, two of them responded. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So. All right. You're ready to move into some Beaver sports news for the week. I'm on the edge of my seat. Just waiting, Billy. What do we got? Well, Beach, uh, first up is some women's volleyball. Is it painful? I can't take any more of this. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> Oregon State used a strong, balanced attack to sweep the Arizona Wildcats on Friday afternoon. Wow. Offensively, Michael Vernon led the Bees with 11 kills, while Peyton Seuss followed up with nine. Amanda Burns once again paced OSU in assists, totaling 18 on the night, while Schuster completed a double-double with 14 assists. Lauren Rummel, an Arizona transfer, led OSU in blocks with a trio in her first time back in her hometown of Tucson. And well, then, Beach, on Sunday afternoon, battling back from a two-set deficit, the Oregon State volleyball team fell in four to 18th-ranked Arizona State, 
to close out the season's road slate. Finishing just two assists shy of matching her career high, Amanda Burns helped lead the Beavs in offense with 35 assists, while three players, Megan Sheridan, Peyton Seuss, and Michael Vernon, all tallied at least 10 kills. Oregon State will close out the 2023 schedule this week with a pair of afternoon clashes. On Wednesday, the Beavers will welcome UCLA to the Gill Coliseum for a 1 p.m. match that can be seen on the OSU live stream. Well, considering what we've been dealt with so far, it sounds like, you know, 50% is a pretty good week. Yeah. Wow. So the Beavs now are 11 and 17 overall, 6 and 12 in the Pac-12. Uh, well, you know, hopefully this is the end of our rebuilding decade. Let's hope so. All right, Beavs, let's move on to some men's soccer. Okay, because the, the ladies are done, correct? Correct. But the men are still in the game. I actually got a uh, update on my Facebook feed that looks like we had some success, but I didn't get the details. Well, so what do we got? Like Doug said, Oregon State's friend Cortijo put away a Logan Farrington pass in the first round of overtime to give the Beavs a 2-1 to victory over Seattle in an instant classic on Thursday night. Cortijo's goal came in the 92nd minute of a contest where the Beavs dominated the possession and took 23 shots to the Red Hawks' three. Wow. With And then, Beach on Sunday evening up at Merlot Field in Portland... The Oregon State men's soccer team advanced to the third round of the NCAA tournament by virtue of a 3 to nothing win over the Pilots. Wow. This marked the Impressive. second. Yep. This win marks the second time the Beavs have made it to the round of 16. Oregon State advances to face SMU in Dallas um, later this week, Beach. Now, in that game against Portland, Logan Farrington found the net twice, bringing his total to scored goals this season to 13 as he moved into fifth in Oregon State history for goals in a campaign. Wow. Andrew DeGaines netted the Beavs' third score to secure the win. The Beavs outshot the Pilots 13-11 to 11 in the contest. And then, Beach, it was just announced on Monday that the Beavs will indeed head to Dallas to take on sixth-seeded SMU on Saturday. That game will air live on ESPN+. Hmm. And one other bit of news that came out late last week, Oregon State forward Logan Farrington was named Pac-12 Player of the Year. Now, Farrington led a contingent of six beefs to receive recognition as he was selected Player of the Year and Offensive Player of the Year, in addition to all conference first-team honors. Joining him on the Pac-12 first team were Javier Armas and Luis Castillo. Ellis Spickner made the all-Pac-12 second team, while Arnu Farnos and Dante Williams earned honorable mention. Now, Beach, Farrington is Oregon State's fifth all-time Pac-12 player of the year and the program's third in the last four seasons. So wow. Danny, Danny Mwanga uh, was the first one to be named in 2009. And then in 2014, it was Kerry Shelton. In 2021, Sofane Vall. And in 2022, Joran Gerbert. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, very, very much so. That, yeah. I mean, feels like we're on an upward swing on on soccer and have been maintaining it. For well, a while. you know, they've been pretty good the last couple of years. So I was, uh, I, you know, I was wondering how this season would be, and you know, heck, they made it to the round of sixteen. So keep winning. Yeah, no, it's 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 awesome. You, you know, it, it always seems like once you achieve a level, if you have um, a good 
coaching staff, uh, good college support, you can you can maintain to be in that upper upper percentage for a while. Yeah. So you don't always have to have a rebuilding year. You can you can you can do well. So re, re, reload uh, instead of rebuild. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's uh, it, it, once you get there, uh, it's maintained. It's just trying to get there. So we're so damned hard. Mm hmm. So I feel like we've done that really well with baseball. So hopefully soccer's right there too. Yeah. All right, Beach, let's move on to some cross country. Running for fun. What are, what are we doing on that one? Billy? Well, Beach, Oregon State's Kaylee Mitchell. So let Oregon State's Kaylee Mitchell cemented her cross country legacy with a third all American finish and the best individual result in school history, placing 12th at the NCAA national championships. Now Mitchell is the only multi-time cross country all American in Oregon state history earning the honors with a top 40 finish in 2020, 22, and 23. Her 12th place result outpaced her previous two finishes that were also the best results ever by Aviv. Wow. Now, Grace Feathersonhaw placed 78th after being in the thick of the All-American position for most of the race, struggling in a diff- difficult final kilometer at Panorama Farms in Charlottesville, Virginia. At least you get to see some really pretty scenery, I guess. Yeah. Virginia during the fall, kind of pretty, I bet. I bet. Now that dynamic duo will now head into their final competing season as Beavs with the indoor track slate to begin on December 2nd at the Sharon Collier Danville season opener in Boston. Hmm. All righty. On to some wrestling. Ooh. Yeah. Pre- okay, go ahead. <laughs> Brandon Kaler's 7-6 win by decision over number 11 Drake Ayla highlighted Oregon State's bout at number 3 Iowa on Sunday at Carver Hawkeye Arena, where the Hawkeyes did end up prevailing 25-11. Kaler, though, ranked number 18, joined third-ranked Trey Munoz and number 22 Dune McDermott in recording wins for the Beavs over their Hawkeye opposition. Oregon State will next taste part in the ultra-competitive Cliff Keen Invitational in Las Vegas after a week away. Action from the two-day tournament will begin on Friday, December 1st. What was that called again? The Cliff what? You do this every year because they've completed this, competed at this thing for a decade, Beach. Well, I, I, Cliff, I, you did. Cliff mm-hmm. Keen, K-E-E-N. Oh, okay. It's a dude's name, Cliff Keen Invitational. Oh, okay. They should go by Clifford. It would be better. Clifford Keen Invitational. That would make more sense. Sounds like a, like a, sounds like a mixture between like a, like a protein bar and a, and a pair of shoes. <laughs> okay. The Cliff Keen International. Oh, cool. No, Cliff Keen Invitational. Invitational. Yeah. So you get, uh, imagine what you get in the, uh, in the, uh, the, the swag bag. The, right? the goodie box. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, let's so move, let's move on to some women's basketball, shall we? Ooh, yes, I, I I do love women's basketball. Oregon State took its first lead with 8:10 left in the first quarter and never relinquished it, and dominating uh, UC Davis on Friday night, 86 to 48. Now the wow. victory the victory was the first Beavers without any real drama as they simply outplayed the opposition on both ends of the floor, leading by 28 at halftime and 38 at the final whistle. The Beavs held UC Davis to 27% shooting from the field and 26.5% from the three while blocking six how, shots. How, how, how is UC Davis? Are they a relatively good team? I, I don't think they're great, Beach. Oh, okay. 
Tamia Gardner earned her first double-double in orange and black with 16 points and a career-best 13 rebounds. Reagan Beers recorded her third double-double in as many games to open the season with 16 points and 11 rebounds before sitting out most of the fourth quarter. The Beavs now return to Guild Coliseum on Wednesday, November 22nd for a 6 p.m. game against UMBC. I, I think when you say that, you need to say double-double uh, animal style. <laughs> okay, in the future, just it sounds better. Yep. So, okay. So well, the next, cool. The next game is against UMBC. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully the girls continue to have a good season. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, we we need some to celebrate. Yep. What? You're a bastard. What would I do? Because I said they're playing against UMBC. Who's UMBC, Billy? Beach. That's the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Ooh. And do you know Sounds what? Like- do you know what their sounds mascot like is? Col- sounds like community college. Uh, what? Do you know what their mascot is? So the University of Maryland, what county? Baltimore County. Baltimore County. I don't know, Billy. They're the Retrievers. Retrievers. Yeah, like dogs. Like a dog. Like yeah. a dog. It reminds me of that cartoon when we were kids. 50% Seta. Irish, Irish Seta. 50% Pincher. Uh, uh, 50% Labrador Retriever. You are not a Labrador Retriever. Well, well give me a Labrador and I'll retrieve it for you. <laughs> you know, I don't even know those cartoons are on anymore. We'd probably bring it up to the little kids and be like, I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. They probably just know SpongeBob living in a bikini. What? Bikini? I, what, what? I don't know. Something. He anyway. lives in a pineapple under the sea. Yeah, in, in uh, <laughs> uh, on bikini, like under Bikini Island, where it's all radioactive. That's why he exists. He's like a, a pile of nuclear uh, nuclear waste. Bikini Bottom. But, yeah, Bikini Bottom. Yeah, that's yeah. Just <laughs> the ironic, the, the irony there. Just, okay, you, you pissed me off though because I was writing up that, that well, thing well, and I, I go, want, "Oh, I'm Beach like, is going like, to ask me what the hell UMBC is," so I had to look it no, up. He's, I, I I didn't want to sound stupid, you know. So then why I, are you I, talking? I, I don't because you want me on this damn thing every week. It's all, I, I like I posted today. I'm just your bitch. That's all I am. I'm just your bitch. Beach, do this. Beach, do that. Okay, Billy, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I will say, Beach, that was a very good post. I I, I thought I did okay. It was pretty so. good. It was. I, I found it quite uh, quite touching. Yeah. So, all right, let's uh, move on to some men's basketball. Oh, there's more. Yes, Beach. Okay. The Oregon State men's basketball team approved a 3-0 with an 81-71 victory over Appalachian State Tuesday evening at Gill Coliseum in overtime. So Jordan Pope set a career high with 25 points, knocking down six three-pointers to go with seven rebounds and five assists. Tyler Billadu finished one rebound shy of a second straight double-double as he finished with 16 points and nine boards. So, and... Well, Beach, then on Saturday afternoon... Mm-hmm. Oregon State. You were supposed to be animal style. That that does just seems weird. Yeah, like yeah, I've, you would not want a double double animal style. If I get a double double, I always want an animal style. Exactly. That's why we need to say it. Okay, but go on. Well, Beach, on Saturday afternoon, Oregon State took on Nebraska at the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and they fell to the Huskers, eighty-four to sixty-one. Son of a gun. Jordan Pope led the bees with twenty-five points on eight for. 12 shooting from the floor. Tyler Billadou finished in double figures for the seventh straight game as he put up 15 points and seven rebounds. Oregon State will head to Brooklyn this week 
for the NIT season tip-off. The Bees will take on Baylor on Wednesday. You should start playing a little No Sleep Till Brooklyn right here. It's background music since you're going to be spending like an hour and a half editing this thing with all your scripts tonight. All right, Beach, and a little bit of just uh, Pac-12 sports news. Well, was what 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 is what's going on? Well, Beach, last week uh, Oregon State and Washington State won a significant legal victory when a judge ruled that they have sole control of the Pac-12 and potentially hundreds of millions in assets paving the way for them to move forward on clarifying their plans for conference affiliation. The Pac-12 and the departing schools led by Washington appealed the ruling to the state Supreme Court. The higher court on Thursday granted a temporary stay of the preliminary injunction until an emergency stay can be ruled upon. Oregon State and Washington State have until November 28th to respond, and a ruling by the state Supreme Court on that is expected to be done before December 4th, when the transfer portal opens for football. Because if they don't have that put together, then they could potentially lose out on a lot of good quality candidates. Correct. Or you could lose players on the teams you have now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because so, if they don't know where they're going, they might run away. Yeah. Because if all you're playing is, is, um, uh, Portland community college and, uh, and Chemeketa, you're kind of screwed. Especially since those guys don't even have football teams. They might, the pro intramurals. But so. yeah, anyways, so it was a good first round win. But it'll be a lot closer to play than flying across the country like the Ducks are going to be doing. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, hopefully the Supreme Court rules. I, I don't, you know, I, I, I th- do you feel like the, because uh, it's only the eight of the, of the 10 schools, correct? Because essentially USC and UCLA have already walked away from this lawsuit. No, correct? it's all of them. Oh, really? They're still in it, even though they had no representation and they announced that they were leaving. It's the entire treacherous 10. Wow, sons of bitches. Well, I, hopefully this is their – it sounds to me like this is their Hail Mary. This is all they got if they're taking the Supreme Court. So I'm surprised the Supreme Court even picked it up because from the ruling on the previous judge, it was pretty much this is – you've already established that they don't have a vote. You guys announced you're leaving, so now you guys don't have a vote. don't know what you're standing on here because it says in the bylaws that if you leave, if you announce you're leaving, you're, you're out. So – I wonder what the Supreme Court will have to read into that. Hey, Billy. Yes, me. You hear that? I do. Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. With the upcoming rivalry game, formerly known as Civil War, we would like to list a comparison of the two universities, University of Oregon and Oregon State University. Years founded, Oregon, 1872, OSU, 1868. For those of you ducks who listen to this podcast, that means OSU is four years older. Size of campus, Oregon, 295 acres. OSU, 400 acres. That is means OSU is 105 acres larger than the University of Oregon's campus. Number of students, Oregon, 23,202. OSU, 37,121. OSU has approximately 14,000 more students than the U of O. Number of national championships. Oregon has won 34 NCAA national championships. OSU has won four. This just proves that those fuckers cheat. (laughs) The the Oregon men's uh, have won 20 national championships. Basketball once in 1939, 
cross country in 71, 73, 74, 77, 07, 08. Uh, probably because they're running away from the cops smoking all those doobies. Um, golf, uh, they won one in 2016. Indoor track and field, 2009, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2021. Most of those in the uh, teens and 20s were all because they cheat. Outdoor track and field, 1962, 1964, 1965, 1970, 1984, 2014, 2015. Women's have won 14. Again, cross country, 83, 87, 12, and 16. Indoor track and field, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2016, 2017. Outdoor track and field, 1985, 2015, 2017. Oregon State has four NCAA championships, three in baseball, 06, 07, 18, and one in men's cross country, 1961. Neither have ever won a national championship in football, although Oregon has paid millions of dollars to students, coaches, legacy media, and referees trying to do so. They first played the Civil War in 129 years ago in 1894. Back then, it was called the Oregon Classic or the State Championship Game. The term Civil War was first used in 1929 and became common by 1937. It is the fifth most played college football rivalry game in, foot, in the football bowl subdivision. They have played 126 times. Oregon leads the series 67 to 49 and 10 ties back when football was apparently run by soccer enthusiasts. <laughs> Oregon State won the most recent contest in 2022 with a score of 38 to 34. Again, 38-34. Oregon State plays at Reeser Stadium named after the late OSU alumni's alumni Al and his wife Pat Reeser. The area in front of Reeser is Parker Plaza, named after 1908 OSU graduate Charles Parker. Oregon plays at Autzen Stadium named after Oregon State alumni Thomas J. Autzen. And they play on Rich Brooks Field, named after Oregon State University defensive uh, defensive lineman from 1961 to 1960, or defensive back from 1961 to 1963, Richard Llewellyn Brooks. This year's game will be played at Autzen Stadium. Oregon is hoping to raise enough money this year to regravel the parking lot. <laughs> and this has been your Heinrich Tailgater update from Eugene. Yeah. They have all these buildings and everything, and they make their donors stand in a mud parking lot. It's it's not even like it's it's graded to drain, and no. there's no potholes. It is just a pothole, mud, disgusting, no drainage mess. Yep. Yet you walk 20 feet down from the gravel parking lot, and you walk up, and you have a beautiful waterfall coming down Autzen Stadium side down the artificial hill. My God, I've never understood why they can't pave that parking lot. I, I, it's, it's, I, 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 you know, I just find it almost disrespectful. I, I do to, to them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just here, here we're gonna, because you, you, I'm assuming that they have similar charges to park in that parking lot that yeah. OSU does for that. That's got to all be reserved parking. Well, so that means you're probably donating what anywhere from probably three to fifteen thousand dollars well, to park in that thing. And it's funny because I've had people go. I've had people like, I can't believe they make stand out here. Well, you know, uh, they put a lot of money into this stuff. Yeah, and that money comes from the donors. I go, the exactly. beeves, the beeves played paved, uh, Reese or Stadium's parking lot like thirty years ago. Yeah, because because I remember when when Brad was playing back in the early '90s that they had just built the new side, which was the now the new side, 
Um, and behind there wasn't a lot of that still gravel, like yeah. behind the stadium. Yeah. But the front of it was on, on, uh, on Western, it was all paved, but, but back behind the stadium and towards where the, uh, where the, uh, indoor, um, practice facility is now was all gravel, I believe. Yeah. Yep. So, and, and yeah, we paved it decades ago and they, they haven't done a damn thing. I, I don't nope. get it. It's right. not like that school struggles for money. I know. So. Alrighty, Beach. Well, good well, update. Well, hopefully they can raise the. Hopefully they can raise some money, and so they can pay maybe part of the parking lot. We'll see. We'll see how the tailgater is down there uh, this week, and if we got to walk over the mud puddles. Yeah, we're not. We're we're going to a tailgater down there. We're not. Yeah, yeah, not to. having a tailgater. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I don't mean to confuse people. <laughs> All right, Beach. Will you get ready to go under for the review for week number twelve in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did. Absolutely. I got my notes here. I think it's not going to be good, but you know what? We're, it is what it is. Exactly. All right, Beach. We had one game on Friday, actually heading into the week. Um, Kyle was in third place or no, excuse me. You were in third place with 47 out of 68. Kyle was in second place with 50 out of 68. And I was in first place with 51 out of 68. Okay. All right, first up, Beach, we had Colorado at Washington State. Somebody's losing streak was going to end. And we all picked Colorado. How did we do on that, Billy? Not, not good. Washington State quarterback Cameron Ward threw for 288 yards and counted for to- four touchdowns. Brennan Jackson had two scoop and score touchdowns. And Washington State beat Colorado 56-14 to on Friday night to snap a six-game losing streak and end the Buffaloes' hopes of a bowl game in the first year under Deion Sanders. Now, Colorado quarterback Shadur Sanders left the game in the second quarter after taking a big hit on a botched snap. Sanders was slow to get up but walked off the field on his own before being taken to the locker room. The junior was 6 of 10 for 86 yards, including a 45-yard touchdown strike to Travis Hunter. Sanders, the coach's son, was sacked four times before leaving the game. Now, Washington State kept its hopes alive for a bowl game with the victory, but the Cougs will need to find a way to topple rival Washington this week in the Apple Cup to finish the job. Uh, uh, and hold on, where was where's the Apple Cup being played? Uh, Seattle, I believe. Okay. Okay. Well, that'll I I you know I'm gonna root for for the Cougs. Yeah. Uh, only for the I I just you gotta root for the you gotta root for the other conference. Uh, Member. The other conference team. Yeah. Yeah. I got a I got a friend of mine um, uh, that came down and stopped by the tailgater. Uh, Maria, we call her Thirteen. Um, she uh, she brought me a shirt, and it says the Pac-2 Conference of Champions. And uh, so I have to wear that next time I see you. There you go. So, yeah. <laughs> so it'll be it'll be interesting. You, you, you know, I was thinking. Well, we can go on to this. I was just thinking, we're we're almost at an at large, aren't we? Well, we'll talk like about the, it here in a little bit. Okay. Sorry, jumping ahead. All right. Oregon at ASU. Yep. All of the other games beads were on Saturday, November eighteenth. So that game, who'd you pick? Well, I took one for the team because I was praying. I was hoping, mainly because Oregon disgusts me. Um, so I took ASU and Kyle and I took Oregon, Oregon quarterback, Bo Nix threw for 404 yards and a career high, six touchdowns. Patrick Herbert and Troy Franklin both got two touchdown passes 
and Oregon rolled to a 49-13 win. Now, the Ducks buried the Sun Devils with an avalanche of offense on the way to a 42-0 lead, scoring touchdowns on their first six drives and gaining 444 total yards. Nix, a Heisman Trophy candidate, had touchdown passes of 23, 49, 16, 45, 71, and 16 yards. I I get tired of watching Oregon games or listening to them because it's just like a Bo Nix orgasm fest. Yeah. Uh, they're 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 Bo Nixon all over hell. Mm. Got to clean that stuff up with some Kleenex. Well, Kyle and I got the wins there. Beej, you did not. Well, I had to stretch because it's the only way I'm going to be able to win. And if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose big. Next up, Beej, we had Utah at Arizona. And we all picked the little baby goats on this one. Yes, Beej. Arizona quarterback Noah Fafita threw for two touchdowns, and Arizona used a fast start to beat Utah on Saturday night, 42-18, for its first five-game winning streak in nine years. Wow. The Wildcats manhandled the two-time reigning Pac-12 champs from the opening drive, building a 28-0 lead by the first play of the second quarter. Utah tightened up after that despite playing without three of its best defensive players, but Arizona's defense was just as good in the Pac-12 finale at Arizona Stadium. I, I feel sorry for Utah because the injuries really kind of impacted their season. Well, same with Arizona State. Wow. Now, Fafita threw for 253 yards on 22 of 30 passing against a Utah defense, missing Rover Kareen Reed, safety Cole Bishop, and defensive end Jonah Ellis. The Wildcats intercepted Bryson Barnes twice in their own end and forced a turnover on Downs near midfield. And with that beach, they beat four AP top 25 teams in the season for the first time since 1989. Wow. Arizona has now won five straight Pac-12 games for the first time since 1998. Well, good, good for them. Unfortunately, one was to us, but good for them. Yep. Okay, next up, Beach. UCLA at USC. I wrote down here, literally I wrote down here, bitch tits. And who did Kyle and I take? You picked the men of Troy. Do you know who won this game? I'm really hoping bitch tits did. Who who went home with the victory bell, Beach? I, I don't know, but I'm hoping bitch tits did so he can have one win before he gets fired. Well, Beach, TJ Harden rushed for a career high of 142 yards and scored two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Ethan Garbers threw three TD passes. Mm-hmm. And UCLA trounced spiraling USC 38 to 20 on Saturday in the 93rd edition of the Crosstown Showdown. Nice. Now Alex Johnson returned to fumble 11 yards for a key second half touchdown for the Bruins, who likely improved Chip Kelly's questionable job security by reclaiming the victory bell in impressive fashion. Because that, that's that's as big for them as winning the Civil War is to us. You could be a, a shit coach, but as long as you beat the rival, you got, you got maybe a stay of execution? Possibly. Because okay. there, there was the, – the rumor was he was going to get fired after that game before they even played the last game of the season. Yeah, so at least he'll last at least he's at least he got one more game. Huh? Hudson Habermel caught two of the three TD passes by Garbers, while UCLA's defense forced three turnovers and drastically limited Caleb Williams' playmaking chances, leading to a celebratory afternoon. Nice. 
I wonder, does Chip Kelly, is his contract due for renewal anytime soon, or are they just going to pay out the obscene amount of money? They would like? probably pay out the obscene amount of money. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, it's, it's, what were you going to say? Yeah. Oh, it just amazes me how people will donate money to pay to get rid of somebody. You know, in other places, you just kind of fire them, and that's just is. I'm sorry, you're sorry, you're no longer, you know, we're no longer, we're going in a different direction. Here it's like, Here's several million dollars. We're going in a different direction. Thank you for, I mean, just, just obscene. We're going to pay you to not work here anymore. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's some damn good contract writers right there to be able to get you paid off for doing a really shitty job. So, okay. Cal versus Stanford. Yep. The big game. The big game. Well, looks like we all picked uh, Cal. My little notes say Cal, Cal, Cal. Cal quarterback Fernando Mendoza threw for 294 yards and a season-high three touchdowns. Jaden Ott ran 36 times for 166 yards and a score. And Cal beat Stanford 27-15 in the annual big game on Saturday night. Mendoza, the redshirt freshman, making his sixth straight start after beginning the year buried on the death chart, overcame a big hit by Stanford linebacker Tristan Sinclair early in the second quarter and returned to the game to lead the Bears to a second consecutive win that keeps Cal's postseason hopes alive. Mendoza completed 24 of 36 passes and was intercepted once. Now, as good as Cal's offense was, the Bears' defense was equally strong. The Cardinals were limited to 12 first downs, made only one trip inside the red zone, and were tackled six times for losses while losing to their San Francisco Barrier rivals for the fourth time in the last five seasons. For Arizona, the Cardinal quarterback Ashton Daniels was 18 of 35 for 188 yards and a touchdown and added another 68 yards rushing. For Stanford, the lone FBS team to not have a home victory this year. I don't think uh, Stanford's coaching change was maybe that good of a decision. It wasn't their decision. He uh, stepped down. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yep. Because he wasn't satisfied with the performance he was given. I think so, and I think he was just tired. Mm-hmm. I think he was done. Yeah, it's got to wear on you. Yep. A lot of stress, people yelling at you, all because of a football game. So all three of us went two of five. Bad week this week for all three of us. So you are now at 49 out of 73. Kyle, I hit you, Kyle, is at 52 out of 73, and I am at 53 out of 73 with one week to go. That means in order for me to catch up, you have to completely botch it, and I have to get everything right. Correct. Wow. Well, I'm going for it. you got to pick first, though, this week. All right, Beach. The last game we're going to talk about, Washington at Oregon State. Well, this was – this was uh, it was a fantastic tailgater, Billy. Well, let's talk about the game right now. Billy, it was a fantastic tailgater. It was cold, and that was the wettest, coldest game at Reeser I've ever been to. Really? You felt it was that cold? Well, I'm just well, talking cold, cold and wet. Cold and wet. The yeah. game a few years ago against Arizona State, that was the coldest game we have ever been to because that got below like 20 degrees. Yeah, that one was a cold bitch. What about the uh, – And I uh, say at Reeser <laughs> Stadium because that game we went to with little Dave up at Seattle was mm-hmm. colder and wetter, but that was up in Seattle. Yeah, what about Civil War with Ken Simonton uh, when it went into the double overtime? That was a cold, wet night, wasn't it? I wouldn't know. You weren't there? I was at work. Oh. What was the one you were there for? Wasn't that the Ken Simonton game? Trust me, BJ, I wasn't at that game. 
the double overtime. Trust me, Beach. I wasn't at that game. Oh my God! How did I, I, my my? You're always there, Billy. It just disappoints me that you weren't there on that one. I had to work. Okay. Okay. Were you there for part of the game? I had to work. Son of a bitch. I, I quit that job. I, that, <laughs> it was a late game, and I didn't want to come into. I just decided to work the whole thing. Okay. I just that, that was one of my. You know, when you pick your like your top five games. I know. You know, last year's Civil War, the Cal game that we always talk about, that that Civil War, those those were my my top three. Yep. That comes to mind. So anyway, okay, well, Billy, now that we've uh, beat that dead horse, um, yeah. Talk. talk well, beach. Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. threw for two touchdowns and ran for another to keep the Huskies undefeated with a 22 to 20 victory over Oregon State on Saturday night. Now, played in nearly a constant rain, it was the final Pac-12 game at Reeser Stadium as the conference currently stands. Rome and Duze caught seven passes for 160 yards and two touchdowns for the Huskies, who've won 18 straight games. Now, for the Beavs, Damian Martinez ran for 123 yards and two TDs as the Beavs were effectively eliminated from a shot at the conference championship. The, last, the loss snapped a nine-game winning streak for Oregon State at Reeser. Now, the Bees closed within 22-20 on Atticus Sappington's 35-yard field goal with 10.40 left in the game. Washington was forced to punt on the next series, and Oregon State fell short when G- DJ Uangalele's fourth and five pass to Jack Velling at midfield was incomplete. Martinez scored on a five-yard dash with 129 left in the third quarter to close the gap to 22-17. That 16-play drive took nine minutes and 56 seconds off the clock and shifted momentum to the Bees. DJ gained 26 yards on a fourth and one keeper to keep an Oregon State drive alive early in the final quarter. Martinez extended the drive with a 19-yard reception, but the Beavs ultimately ended up settling for Sappington's 35-yarder. And I will say, Beach, on that drive where they end up going for, they end up getting the field goal. I, I was pissed at that one, um, because of that personal foul on Oregon State. I know you were no longer in the in the in the stadium at that time. Yeah, but yeah, I I saw the play and I was looking right at. I heard it was a crap call. Right at what happened, and so I believe it was Josiah Irish, and I don't know who the Husky guy was, but mm-hmm. um, Josiah blocked him. The kind of the, the play got over, and the Husky took him, drove him around, and then drove him into the ground got up and I wouldn't say took a swing at, but like took a shot at his helmet with his hand. Mm-hmm. And then an Oregon state player, I think it was uh togi maybe anyways, mm-hmm. he ran up to kind of get in the middle of it and break it up. The flags came in. I'm thinking sweet because we'd had pretty good. Uh, um, I lost you really. Are you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Uh, I was happy when the flags came in because the Beavs had a pretty good uh, return on the punt, and it was going to be another 15 yards for us. Mm-hmm. All right, and it would have put, put us on the other side of the 50-yard line. It would have put us in, in Husky territory. And yeah. then all of a sudden, the the referees get together, and I'm like, "What is there to get together about here, guys?" He took a swing at our pay, player. Basically, he drove him into the ground, and then you know, tried to hit him, hit him in the helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it comes out, and then I'm thinking, well, I guess worst worst possible thing here. It's offsetting. offsetting penalties. Yeah. No, 
It was a personal foul against the Beavs. And looking at the at the uh, the jumbotron, you could see the look on the coaches' faces because it happened right in front of the Beavers' bench, and mm-hmm. and they were incredulous, like, "What are you even calling?" Yeah. And so I I, I still to now to to right now have no clue how that was called. Uh, and, and so really that was a thirty yard swing. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it should have been 15 yards further, you know, down the field towards the goal line. It could have been right where the ball was. Instead, it was 15 yards back. And it just, it, it blew my mind. I also think Odunze for uh, Washington is very good at uh, getting away with offensive pass interference. I would uh, tend to agree with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's good with it. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I just have issues when I see the defensive player moving the exact opposite way the offensive player's moving. Mm-hmm. When they're both running in one direction, and then all of a sudden they're moving in opposite directions, and the offensive player's getting his momentum right towards the ball. That makes yep. sense. Yep. Just, have a little bit of an issue with that. But anyways, I, that, to me, the most egregious call was the uh, personal foul. I just didn't understand that. You know, the Beavs did not play great in the first half. Obviously, you had the bad snap on the punt. That mm-hmm. has a little to do with the with, with the weather. But uh, I thought that third and fourth quarter, they were really punching Washington in the face. They dominated, yeah, so. they dominated that second half. Yes, I well, and statistics wise, I you know they they were not they weren't dominating statistics in the first half, but from what I saw, they really dominated the overall game statistics by the end of the game. Oh, they totally did. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I guess I I don't know I, I I don't know if I really cared for the final play on that fourth da- that fourth down call. Um, I mean, it's easy to say. I just I just felt maybe. Yeah, um, I have I, to I, say, I looking at it. Better. Uh. If you watch the play, if Velling, because Velling was completely behind the defense, mm-hmm. and Velling kept running across, and DJ threw up, and if Velling had broken off his route and started running down the field, mm-hmm. he would have had a huge gain. It was there, yeah. it was there, but they just were not on the same, the same yeah. uh, uh, page. And if you look at statistics, Beach, so for the game, total yards, I mean, they held Washington at 272 yards. Oh, they said Oregon, uh, Washington's average score, score this year is like 41. Yep. Game, and we held them to 22. Yep. So And they, two, they, of those, two of those we gave them. Yep. They only had 272 yards to the Beavs, 317, which is only a 45-yard difference. But you got to remember, there was 40 yards taken off for that high snap. Yeah. You know, first downs, it was 14 to 22. The Beavs controlled the clock 37 minutes to 22 minutes. DJ actually threw for like five or six more yards than Penix. So, yeah. Some more points for them on the board at the end of the game. And that's what it comes down to, yeah. yeah. And it bothered me that they had to settle for that field goal because, one, that was where that personal foul came in. And mm-hmm. then the Beavs had driven the ball down – uh, to what, like the 15-yard line or so? 
Mm-hmm. Maybe not that far. Maybe like 20-yard line. But anyways, um, they drove it down there, and then um, Henley Bloomfield, the guard for the Beavs, got hurt and was down. And I don't know how he got hurt because he was quite away f- away from the play when he went down. But he was down for an extended amount of time. And I think that allowed Washington to kind of catch their breath mm-hmm. and, and regroup a little bit. By the time they got Bloomfield off the field, they brought in the backup. Well, the very next play on first down, the guy playing over the replacement for Bloomfield shot the gap and dropped Damian for a two-yard loss. And then it was incompletion, incompletion, and they kicked a field goal. So it was just bad luck. Because I think if Bloomfield doesn't go down, I think they drive down and score. Because like I said, they were literally punching Washington in the face. Mm -hmm. Just punching them in the face. So it just it sucks because it feels like the Beavs, the Beavs, the Beavs have three losses this year by three, three, and two points, and all three of those games feel like they let something slip away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you feel like not that you should have won it, but you easily could have won it. Yeah, exactly. And that exactly. you let it that you lost the game more than the other team won it. Mm-hmm. Well, and the whole time I felt during the, the Washington game, I felt like we were trying to play not to lose. You know, I just don't feel we were aggre- as aggressive as we could have been. Well, but the, the beefs, are, beefs were hurt, were beat up at uh, at um, on, on defense. They were, they were missing. They were out with Jaden Robinson. Um, there was another player not playing. Achille Arnold wasn't playing, which hurts. Um, offensively, when Bloomfield went down, the normal backup, Grant Stark, wasn't available. Mm. So they had to bring in somebody else. So it's just it, it was it was a tough, tough pill to swallow because it just felt like we had those bastards. Yeah. It should have taken them. But you know, I, I really liked how that defense like I said, that that third quarter and that the whole second half, that defense really played well. I mean the defense played pretty well through most of the game. Um you know, there was well, some, I mean, the weather yeah, was, was affecting say, the game. Twenty-two points, you can't you can't beat them, blame them too much. Yeah, and only two hundred and seventy-two yards. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that high snap was just annoying, though. Yeah, and yeah. It, I was getting nervous because not only was that snap high, but there were quite a few snaps in a row that were at DJ's um, head. Yeah, they looked a little high to me. So, yeah. but that's now that's yeah. a different that's a different guy snapping the ball. I understand that, but still. <laughs> I'm like, those things were a little high. And every time he pulled out, I'm like, just tell the guy to lower it, please. I can't handle the stress. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Beach. So. Well, uh, let's talk about the Pac-12 and the polls after this last week's games. In the AP poll, Washington actually moved up to number four, uh, supplanting Florida State, who fell to five. Oregon's at number six. Oregon State fell to 15. Arizona at 16. And Utah and UCLA were in the others receiving votes category. Now, in the coaches' poll, Washington was at 5, Oregon 6, Oregon State fell to 15, Arizona at 16, and Utah was in the others receiving votes category. Now, we will. So, so, so has Washington got a chance to go to the big dance? To the playoff? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so How, does four, so just four this year. Okay. And so. I mean, Oregon has a shot, too, since they're right behind them. Mm-hmm. So uh, Washington did secure their place in the Pac-12 championship game 
mm-hmm. on December 1st. The other team will be decided this week. So, if Oregon wins, they're there in. You go. If Oregon loses and Arizona beats Arizona State, they go. Okay. If Oregon loses and Arizona loses, Oregon goes. Oregon State goes. No, Oregon goes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oregon will only have two losses. Oregon State would have four. Gotcha. Sorry, I was just hoping. Yeah. So, it's either going to be Washington, Oregon, or Washington, Arizona. Gotcha. Well, let's root for Arizona. Bear down. Yep. All right, Beach. It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week, like discuss a person in college football, exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beach, it might kind of be the Bonehead Award for a lawyer. For a lawyer? Yeah. Did you? You probably didn't hear last Tuesday uh, before the judge ruled in the uh, lawsuit between Washington State, Oregon State, and the Pac-12 represented by uh-huh. Washington. But the judge was asking questions. Um, both sides had submitted their briefs and their replies, and he was asking questions. At one point, and I'd say the Oregon State, Washington State lawyers really had their shit together. Uh-huh. The Washington slash Pac-12 lawyers, not so much. Because okay. in the briefings I read the treacherous 10 have basically um, given up the assets of the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. They're not worried about what's there now. At least yeah, that's what they claim. And then why would they be suing? Well, because they still think they should have a spot on the board. And supposedly they're worried about the money coming in between now and August 1st. So, so what they're saying is we don't care about the assets of the of the thing in general, even though they would have voted to destroy the Pac-12 and steal their 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 twelfth share. Yeah. But now they're saying, well, we really don't care about that. We just want the money that's owed to us for our performances over the last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think because they realized they'd kind of been caught. Mm-hmm. But so anyways, now, so, now, so they're just lying through their teeth and so, so well, we just don't care. So they're fighting it's for those the money. It's about the principle. Yeah. They're, they're fighting for their board spots. Right. Okay. Which, and like you said, that includes USC and UCLA. Yeah. Even I, though I they hadn't, up. even though they hadn't been on the board for over a year, <laughs> they're trying to put them back on. So at That's one, at one point, <laughs> at one point, the judge asked, the Washington lawyer, what he thought should happen or what he thought the future of the Pac-12 should be. And do you know what his reply was? What? I don't know. You'd have to ask Washington State and Oregon State. But you're fighting for a position on the board. So what you're saying is they control the future of the Pac-12. Uh-huh. Yeah. You you just you just undermined much... your whole case. Yeah. So what do you think the future is? I don't know, but you know I need to check with our board director, but once we get on there we're going to help steer it into a good good level when we're before we exit. Yeah. We're just going to let them do it because it's all theirs. We don't yes. care. 
It was it was comical. <laughs> comical at worst. We, know, we, just at back, best. we just want to get back on the board to get our cash and then we'll let it go. Yep. Just want the money. And it's now, all about and, the money. And now they have appealed the stay to the state Supreme Court. And so we should know by what, about two weeks from today, two weeks from I I, Monday I when we're recording. Maybe even sooner, do you think, potentially? Possibly. Um, everything is supposed to be all, you know, all everything that, that each side is going to submit in, you know, arguments and replies are supposed to be in by next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then the state Supreme Court will rule by Monday the 4th. And hopefully they just give it to Oregon State and Washington State and they can go about getting down to business. But uh, anyway. Because at least they have the infrastructure to entice other schools to join them. Yep. But anyways, so the treacherous tens lawyers for being such a bonehead, you get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the week. He's not going to get his bonus, that's for sure. No. Um, And I don't know, BG, if you saw, but Washington and Washington State announced a continuation of the Apple Cup for the next five years. That that really honestly disappointed me. Well, I I know other people like tradition. I'm like, yeah, no. I mean, you you don't – when somebody bitch slaps you like that, screw the tradition. You know, but again, it goes back. It's all about the money. Well, so if you look at it, and I guess maybe for legitimacy for Washington state to continue to play, uh, quality competition. And, and yes, uh, that that's, that's all it is. Well, and so I know Oregon is looking at possibly moving their game next year against Boise state on September 14th, rescheduling that game. So the beeves and the ducks could play on that day. I don't know. I'd just be like, I, like and yes, I, I know. There's the, part the of me. Game, the only game I'd like to play with the the ducks is hide and go fuck yourself. Yeah, pretty much. Um, there, I say, oh, I'm of two minds of that, right? The emotional side of me says, screw those guys. I never. I hope we never play them again. Yeah, absolutely. But then the logical side of me says, no. You probably need to. Because if nothing else, you're pay, playing a Power Five school, and you can demonstrate to the, you know, NCAA decision makers and the heads of conferences one that you can play play a Power Five slate, mm-hmm. and you're also showing to potential and current players that we're still going to be playing top caliber of football. Yeah. Well. I mean, so essentially, because uh, like BYU was at large for a while, right? Yeah. Yep. And and they continue to be relevant. Yeah. Well, and there are some schools that still play independent, right? Notre mm-hmm. Dame is independent, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Army's independent. There, there's a few schools. Uh, UConn. It's not an easy thing to do, especially if you know you want to play upper caliber competition. And, and the they big, don't want to play you because they don't want to risk a loss on their on exactly. their season. And the other and the other part that makes it hard about it. Yep. The other part that makes it hard about this is media money. Because you know how are you getting paid? Yeah. Without that media money, that's where the assets of the Pac-12 could help alleviate that. So, so well, and so so playing one of these top tier schools, not 
not only does it allow you higher caliber and, and rating, but I'm assuming it also brings in a hell of a lot more revenue. Well, it's guaranteed. Okay. Right? Because yeah. you've got your TV contract, so you're getting X amount every year. This, you would probably be getting paid by the game if you've got a home game. Gotcha. That's getting televised. So, hmm. Anyways. All right, Beach. What is our musical interlude of the week? Ooh. Well, uh, today's musical interlude. Um, I was trying to think of what I should pick this week. And then it came to me on Saturday when you and I were taking that short walk from the tailgater uh, to Reeser. And so I figured it must have been divine inspiration at that point. So this is a song by American rock band Semisonic. It was their re- it was released on March 10th, 1998 as the lead single from their second studio album, Feeling Strangely Fine, and began to receive mainstream radio play uh, radio airplay on April 27th, 1998. The ballad was written by Dan Wilson, the band's lead singer. Prior to this song, Semisonic would usually end their concerts with the song If I Run. The brand grew tired of playing the song every night, and so Wilson set out to write a new song that they could play at the end of their concerts. Wilson's girlfriend was pregnant at the time, and although Wilson did not set out consciously to write a song about giving birth, he has stated that partway into the writing of the song, I realized it was also about being born. Uh, Jacob Schlitter, the I think it's Schlichter, the drummer for Semisonic said in 2006 that payola was how they turned closing time into a hit. He stated it cost something close to seven to $800,000 to get closing time on the air. So here it is. Closing time by the band Semisonic. time turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl closing time one last call for alcohol so finish your whiskey or beer closing time you don't have to go home but you can't stay Some other beginnings and yeah, I 
go out to the places you will be from. I know who I want to take me home. I know. That was a good pick, Peach. I, I think it was fitting for uh, for the end of our uh, our tailgating season. Yep. It was, and we you know, we didn't talk about it, but that was an epic tailgater. Yeah, it was. It was freaking huge. It was huge. There was a crap ton of people, people we hadn't seen for quite a while. Mm-hmm. It was cool to see all the people coming back into town. Um, One hundred and eighty cheesesteaks. So I had I had 180 buns. Mm-hmm. We used every single one. Technically, there was two left at the end, but I made two sandwiches with no buns. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, and didn't the last couple of sandwiches end up having sausages? Yeah, in? that's why the last two buns had sausages. Okay, okay. So. So. But yeah, uh, yeah it was. Uh, I mean, I was a deep frying fool all day long. Yep. We went through, I didn't, so when I got home, I can't believe how much stuff was not in the freezer. Oh, how empty it was? Yeah, my freezer's empty. (laughs) Because we close, we we empty stuff out in the morning when we go to take off, and I don't really pay attention, and then I come back. Some of it it goes back in. Yeah, and nothing went back in. Yeah, and I only had a couple of small bags left, I think, in the cooler. There was hardly anything left to deep fry. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, it it was was, epic. uh, Tons of sandwiches. Lots of people having having a good time, enjoying good food, you know, visiting, and just getting ready for the football game. You know, you know what's funny, Billy? I, I was I, I almost last night when I went to bed or what I was thinking about about this, but I vividly remember us having season tickets and getting stuck at the forest was it the forestry hall or forestry center? Yep, we used to be over at the forestry center out on the very uh what is is that the west side west side of yeah. campus yeah and we parked there in the and that is literally where we, we talk about if you ever watched the the heiner tailgater video um having togo sandwiches and i think dad had a suburban at that time if i remember right i think, I think he had so, that yeah. gray suburban yeah and might have been been that might might well might have been earlier than that but i just remember going there and eating togos and then taking the walk all the way from there to the stadium yep and then I don't I, I don't know if we were out there a year or two years, but then we ended up having that parking spot where the I don't know if the tennis courts are still there, but right yep. across the field from um, tennis courts are still there. Yep. OK, we're, we're right there by the IM fields. Yeah, there's a parking lot there. Is the parking lot still there? Uh, yeah. OK, because it got torn up after we it's right there. On the, got, it's right up there on the corner of uh, 26th and uh, Washington. Yeah. And then. That was 2000. We were there 2000 when they went to the, uh, went to the, uh, Fiesta Bowl. Okay. The nice thing about that was we were real close. Yeah. That was just a walk across. Well then also for a while there when, when, uh, you were in, engaged 
in 98. Yeah, in, 90, in the main We were right lot. behind the big scoreboard. Yeah, in the main lot, which now is probably a $10,000 donation. Yeah, before... But, back then, you just had season tickets, and you got those that yeah. parking, I think. Yep, it was before the... Uh, before that uh, became uh, reserved spots. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it was, it was before the days of uh, Mike Parker. That was still the Pettibone years, wasn't it? Uh, well, no, it was Riley. Start, but, or, I'm sorry, Riley. Yeah, no, but it was Daryl Lonnie. That was 98. Because I remember sitting there in that lot and drinking tra- champagne. S- sampling Sam- champagne Sam- we were going to uh-huh. have at the wedding, and I was shooting the corks across 26th. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. And, then, and then they finally stuck us out at 15th and Western. Yeah. And we love and, that. That's where we yeah, stayed. How long, so how many, how many years have we been there? I think our first year out there was 2001. So, so shoot, 22 years we've been parking out there. I'm pretty sure. I know we were out there at least in 2002, but I'm pretty okay. sure we were there in 2001. Well, I mean, cause I mean, how many years have we been doing it now that the, uh, the track was put in because we used to drive out there in the field and, and uh, just pull the trailer out there. Yeah. So I don't know when that, I don't know when that went up. Well, it was at least by 2012. Yeah. I was going to say 2011, it's maybe it's been that long. It's just crazy. Just yeah. crazy. Yeah. Time flies, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Years. Yep. And so for people that are asking, we don't know if that's our last one. It's kind of looking like it, but I'm not committing to anything anyway. So, so take that for what it is. But for everyone that came out and had a good time and enjoyed the food, we appreciate it. It's a good time. Good time. All right, Beach, we do have one last week to talk about here. Okay. Week 13 oh, of one, the regular one last, season. One, one last regular season week. Correct. Okay. So the first game, let me pull up Kyle's email here. There we go. So he first finally, game. Finally got time. His one job to do. Yep. For yeah, he sent it in yesterday too, at like three o'clock in the afternoon. So um, <laughs> uh, first game on Friday, November twenty fourth, Oregon State at Oregon. Well, we're not going to pick this one because we no. don't pick it. No, but what do you think? Um. I think Oregon State has nothing to lose, so mm-hmm. I think they're going to win. Um, I, I normally don't like to call my shots. If, if I don't know if you ever – I rarely like, oh, we're going to win, right? I'm like, I'm always really concerned, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because I've, I've been through 30-some-odd, 30, 32 seasons of this crap, and it's always the ones that you think should be the, uh, the ones that you should dominate, which you uh, get your, your asses kicked. But um, I, I really – think we're going to end this one on a high note and so i i i as, as long as we can execute as long as the uh we keep our errors down to a minimum and as long as the refs aren't assholes which is tough because i'm sure they're on the duck payroll um i think we can win this one yeah i'm uh the bees need to control the ball mm-hmm. not turn it over and really just run their offense and not give Oregon a lot of opportunities. I, and, and not give Bo Nix a lot of time to think. Correct. Yeah, I don't know how good, hopefully, our, our defensive line can uh, be aggressive on them. Yeah, and get, and get, some, uh, get some pressure. Because um, the couple times they got pressure on Penix last week, he was really good at sliding everything out. 
mm-hmm. and keep him plays alive. Um, they need to keep Nick's bottled up and just and, and get on him fast. Yeah. So hopefully we get a couple of those defensive backs back for this week. So um, Jonathan Smith sounded pretty optimistic in his press conference today. So. Good. All right. Let's go on to the games we were actually picking, Beach. And, and, and we'll be at that game. So look for us. We'll be wearing black and orange. So. Yep. We will be at the game, yeah. Exactly. All right, next one. I don't, you and I haven't missed many Civil War games. I, I was yeah, I was telling somebody else that. Like, have we gone to them for probably, what, the last 25, 30 years? I know for me, I've gone since 91. And didn't you say we missed one in there? Other well, than I, you, didn't, you didn't go in 91 or 93. Okay. Because I was living down there and I went, I was going to school and I went, um, with a friend. Yeah. But in, we missed 94 because we were in Florida. Mm-hmm. We missed, I missed 98 because I was working. Mm-hmm. And we missed 2003 because I had just moved. Okay. But I think that's the old, those are the only ones I've missed. I know I always I, I, I always say yes. I think whenever you say you're going, I'm always with you. Yeah. So I'm so, guessing those are the same because I've never gone without you. The only time you would have been is if you would have gone without me. Yeah, I went down with Andrea Talcott in 91 and 93. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. So, all right, Beach. The rest of the games are on Saturday, November 25th. Up first, Colorado at Utah. Kyle says, can the Buffs make a big shocking statement? Win to end the season? No. But it may be in 300 days we can expect to see Ralphie give birth to some weird buffalo-goat hybrid. <laughs> so he is taking Utah. I, too, am taking Utah. I will take Colorado. Okay, next up for the Territorial Cup, Arizona at Arizona State. Kyle says, Territorial Cup, Wildcats. I, too, am taking Arizona. Um, I will take ASU, but I'm rooting for Arizona. From the Territorial Cup to the Apple Cup, Kyle says, I don't think the Cougs were done throwing interceptions. Huggies. Huggies. Huskies. I, too, am taking U-Dub. Wazoo, baby. All right. Next up, Notre Dame at Stanford. I will take Notre Dame. Kyle says, who is this Notre Dame? Are they an FCS team? I'll go with them, Notre Dame. Go Cardinal. You're taking Stanford. Oh, my gosh. You know, honestly, though. If if that was to happen, would not be that be the most epic game ever. If these all come to be and you win, uh-huh. you'll have deserved to one to win. Okay. <laughs> and lastly, Beach, uh-huh. for the last time, Cal at UCLA. Kyle says Cal gets to go bowling. Cal, I'm going to take UCLA. And I shall take Cal. 
So Kyle and I will either end up tied or I win by two. Mm-hmm. So there we go. All right, Beach. And, well, and, and, and if I win, that's enough to make me win, right? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it makes me beat you. Because I would, uh, I would have you, fifty, and you would be stuck at fifty-three. You're four down. One, two, three, four. And there's five games. One, two, I'll be threading the needle, baby. Three, one, two, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah. But no, you wouldn't. Uh huh. If, yeah, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't if, be if Kyle. I went over five, and I went five for five. You wouldn't be Kyle. What? No, because Kyle and I only differ on one game. Oh, I guess you'd win by one. Or, or Kyle and I are opposite except for one game, which is the stand, uh, uh, the Cal game. No, he so, took Cal. Yeah, well, so did I. Yeah. So he would be at fifty-three. He would tie you, and I would come in at fifty-four. Yeah, sure. It's 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 actually I'm playing this very very well. <laughs> I mean, honestly. You know, give or take the take the the fact that I had to take some really shitty teams, yeah. but I'm playing this perfectly to to pull it out at the end. But as we've always discussed, you never pull out. So anyway, all right, what's next, Billy? Um, well, bees, I think it's all we got. Wow. Well, this was a thrilling evening. I'm glad uh, I could be a part of it. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number. 212 of illegal participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. Heinrich Tailgater at gmail.com. At Heinrich Tailgater next. Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. Remember to listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio. Please leave a rating and a review. Peach. 212. 212. Oh, God. Okay. All righty. Uh, Billy. Yes, Peach. Just, just repeating. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll have another show next week to wrap up the regular season, and uh, we'll figure out what's going on in Vegas in a week and a half. Yep, absolutely. But uh, in the meantime, I'm excited for Friday. Um, oh, hey Billy, we didn't talk about that. Uh, I think I got to work until 11, so I'm just going to head down to your place after that. Okay, we'll have to figure it out because I got to go into work too. So. And okay. I think I think we're gonna go down with Joe and Tony. Oh, okay. All okay. of us car carpool down together. Okay. Do you want me me? Did you want me to meet you down in Corvallis? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, until next week. Here's a great big go bees.
Squeege! What up, fucker? Um, hold on. There we go. Is it recording? There we go. I'm going to double check here in just a second. I always got to look. Oh, look at that, some bitch. Recording. <clears throat> so I wish we could reclaim those lost episodes somewhere. <laughs> Let me know when... You... Oh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me better now? I can hear you better now. Yeah, it's because I didn't have the... <laughs> the microphone was, like, off to the side. Now I've got it right in front of my face. <clears throat> so you're ready to go? Yeah. The purpose of at least—the purpose uh, of at least, please please leave that in. It gets cut and put at the end. Ah, oh, okay. The purpose of illegal participation is for us to spend. Blah. It sounds sounds uh, gets cut and put at the end. Sounds like a uh, sounds like a briss. <laughs> so. Brandon Kaler's seven to six win by decision over number eleven Drake Ayla highlighted Oregon State's bout. As the number three Iowa six sharks. Now Utah wow. did tighten up after that, despite playing without three of its best offensive players. But excuse me, Arizona State has now won five straight Pac-12 oh, games. Arizona. Sorry. Wow. That's why I was trying to get it out. Okay. All right. Beads, did you see the video of the dude pissing at the stadium? No. At at the at Reeser? Yeah. Where at? Let me see if I can find it. It's like it's just in the stadium. Was he I... drunk? Oh yeah, he's drunk off his ass. Where was he peeing at? Like Did they arrest him? I don't think so. Okay, um, you need to go to YouTube. Okay, hold on. I put you on speaker. Okay. Open up YouTube. Yep. And and uh, you want to search Husky Fan Urinating. Husky Fan, fan Urinating. Like, he's almost pissing on some chick. And, I mean, it's right down there in front of everybody. Holy shit. Yeah. The gal's just standing there. Why isn't she moving? I don't know. I don't know if she knows he's doing it. Unbelievable. Yeah. Is she not? Uh, how can you not see the stream of water coming out of his pants? Well, there's a there's a table there over him. Oh, really? Yeah. If you see his beer sitting on a table and her yeah. water bottle sitting on a table. Wow. So I don't know if he's peeing on that 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 I beam there that's coming up. 
Uh-huh. But I don't see it going on her, but... No. Yeah, he's just hammered off his ass. He can hardly stand. Unreal. Yeah. So, anyways. Well, that was lovely. Yeah. So... I like beer. <laughs>